welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 312. The White offered Devi the money as an honest peace offering. I was glad to keep my three talents for now. This is a vast difference. There is a vast difference between having some coin and no coin. There is a feeling of helplessness that comes from having an empty purse. It's it's like seed grain. At the end of a long winter, if you have some grain left, you can use it for seed. You have control over your life. You can use that grain and make plans for the future. But if you have no grain for seed in the spring, you are helpless. No amount of hard work or good intention will make crops grow if you don't have the seed to start with. So I bought clothes, three shirts, a new pair of pants, and thick woolen socks. I bought a hat and gloves and scarf to keep away the winter chill. To keep away the winter's chill. For Auri, I bought a pouch of sea salt, a sack of dried peas, two jars of peach preserve, and a pair of warm slippers. I bought a set of lute strings ink, and a half-dozen sheets of paper. I also bought a sturdy brass drop bar and screwed it to the window frame in my tiny garret room. I could circumvent it fairly easily, but it would keep my few possessions safe. But it would keep my few possessions safe from even the most well-intentioned thieves. And that's the page and the chapter. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have questions. Uh-huh. Is he being funny when he says well-intentioned thieves? Yeah. He's yeah, he's referring to Denna. Oh. Oh. Oh, I get it. I see. He's he's realized that there is a hole in his opsec and he has to he has to shut it. Very well. I suppose that makes perfect sense. You know, I love the list of stuff he buys. It all feels inventory. So, so whole inventory, but also it's all wholesome. It's all like much needed stuff. It's all very pleasant. Oh, it's um, it's, it's uh, the uh, kind of stuff that's Hugh- fun to get. The that new trending thing, H Y G G E. What? There's this new trend, and it is uh-huh. it is it is spelled that way, but essentially it means cozy. Yes, a quality of coziness and comfortable conviviality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being, regarded yeah. as the defining characteristic of Danish culture. Thank you, Jeremy. Wow, Jeremy, I'm glad you had that ready on the top of your head. I sure did. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was annoyed when Devi didn't let him... Like, when I owe somebody money that's gathering interest, I want to pay down that principal and pay down that interest as fast as I can. And I was kind of annoyed that... Debbie didn't give him the opportunity to do that like she as though she was doing him a favor no no keep your money we'll settle up at the end of the term like no I'm just going to be accruing more interest but as Quoth points out after the the line break because he's so broke all the time he actually does need that money now to buy necessities he can't afford to save it to pay off his debt later he needs that money now to buy like new clothes warm clothes and and other stuff that he needs which is yeah another- it's not like it's it's not like interest is accruing every day. I think interest is only going to 
you know, tick in if he's late with the payment. Mm. I suppose so. Even still, I'm just the kind of person who likes to pay back my debts, whatever form they take, as quickly as possible. Jeremy, but, do you pay that back your credit card every day, or do you do it at the end of the month? I, If it accrued interest every day, I'd certainly pay it back every day. Right, but this doesn't accrue interest every day. Yes, fine, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Jeremy, get fucked. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? I, when I see that I owe money on my credit card, like... Even if it's not due for like another two months, I pay it back or another two weeks rather. I pay it back that day because I want the balance to always be zero. Yes, Yes, that makes sense. I I also do the same. Right. Until I I just decided to be lazy and set up a recurring payment so I don't have to think about it all the time. But what I'm getting at here is that Rothfuss is this is another example of Rothfuss illustrating what it's like to be poor. Right. He can't afford to save that money for something he knows he's going to have to do later because he needs to spend that money now for stuff that he needs now. Meaning that he's going to have to come up with that money again by the end of the month in order to pay Debbie off, right? Yes. Like he no longer has it to pay her off because he spent it on things he needs. Mm-hmm. It's the... There's a saying that's like you have to you have to spend money to make money? Is that the saying? I mean, yes, but I don't think that applies to his situation. That's talking about, like, if you want to start a business, you have to spend money to, like, you know, buy the building and the tools. Oh, is you that need what that's for? Yeah. I just like, know, I just knew the saying. I didn't know what it would apply to. <laughs> yeah, that saying's talking about, like, if you want to get rich, you have to have money to spend in order to make that wealth happen, right? You have to be able to buy stock in Apple or buy capital, in other words, which will then make money on its own for you. Hmm. If you don't have the money to spend in order to make the money, you're not going to make the money. Got it. Also, he bought nice things for Auri, and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's telling that he needs this money for a lot of stuff, and he still carves out a bit of it to try and keep De- um, Auri comfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel like we he's bought salt for Auri before, but maybe I'm just... Remembering that as this early. What? Sorry, what's early? So he buys her sea salt, and I feel like he's already given her sea salt at a certain point, but it's entirely possible that I'm just like remembering that from right now and accidentally. No, I think, I think right. he has. He he's mentioned that it needs, yeah, it has valuable minerals in it. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So maybe he gets it for her whenever he can afford to get her some because he thinks she needs it all the time. Mm-hmm. It also makes, you know, whatever cave scum she's eating a little more palatable, presumably. Mm-hmm. I'm just skipping ahead a little bit. This starts a run of what seems like good luck or successes for Quoth. Now that he's finished up with uh, his malfeasance and settled up with Devi, the next few chapters are all a bunch of unmitigated triumphs. So it's a string where we, the reader, get to cheer along with Quoth. And there's really... Until the uh, the other shoe of the Iron Law comes clashing down on him in a few chapters, there's nothing but successes and optimism in the next little while. Well, well that's sort of the the way this book goes. Like it'll give you a lot to feel about, good, bad, and otherwise, and then you kind of get a break, and you get some success to enjoy, and then you get some more turmoil, and then you get a break, and then you get some more turmoil. Like that's just sort of the way that I feel like this book goes. 
Well, that's not just the way this book goes. That's the way way any (laughs) good story goes. Like there, I'm sure that you had to do this at some point in school when you were learning about stories is that not only do they follow a structure of acts, but there is supposed to be like an emotional rhythm. Like the point of a story is to manipulate the emotions of the audience in order to get them to feel what you want them to feel. And not only are things supposed to get like stakes are supposed to get higher problems are supposed to get bigger as the story goes on, but the peaks and valleys of our emotional experience and what the character's emotional, emotional journey is are supposed to get bigger as well. So they're going to have experienced bigger highs and bigger lows. And right now Quoth is on an upswing. Things are going his way. He's achieved a couple of victories and that comes on the heels of a bunch of things not going his way. Right. Indeed. I only have one more note left, so I'll let you guys fill in your notes. Uh, I'm good. Nick? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, go Wonderful. Ahead. This is the end of a chapter. This chapter was called Penance, uh, referring to both the penance that I feel like both Debbie and Quoth sort of pay to one another a little bit with, with their situation, and also the penance piece that Quoth gives to Debbie. Yes, it also refers to the Marvel Comics character, Penance, who wears like a a sort of gimp suit with spikes on the inside to activate his guilt powers. Is that related to the Penance stare of Marvel character Ghost Rider? No, it is an unrelated thing. Makes you relive your your worst moments? No, that's an, an unrelated Marvel Comics use of Penance. Huh. Is it related to the Gilbert and Sullivan operetta, The Pirates of Penzance? Uh, I think it's related to the, the, the Russo Brothers Marvel opera, The Pirates of Penance, uh, which involves uh, a look into the past of the Ghost Rider spirit of vengeance uh, when he was a pirate in the golden age of piracy. I am the very model of a modern riding skeleton. <laughs> Listeners will be workshopping. I make this all musical. of the evil people. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I can go more. I make all of the evil people relive all their sins again. <laughs> <laughs> we still got the magic, baby. We still got the magic. You can tune in for the entire libretto on tomorrow's page of the way.